0: Help me welcome our internet audience, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you are with us. You may be seated. You may be seated. How's everybody doing? Good. How many of you not doing so good? Come on. It's all right, because we're either up or we're we're getting up. And don't you forget that, okay? Amen. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for, for coming out. Uh, this coming Sunday, we're going to continue on a teaching called Four Cups. And uh, we had a... a our start of that this last week and just a powerful weekend i really want to encourage you to come and stay as a part of all of that and uh come be um you know celebrating what we're learning with this this is only going to enrich you and and reveal what god's intentions have been all the way through and uh so it has to do with his promises for our life so you want to be here for that and then sunday night everybody say sunday night all the guys you need you to be here sunday night okay uh, Sunday night, we're doing a men's rally. It will start at six o'clock. It's completely free. There's food. There's all kinds of things that will be going on. Uh, I'll be giving a little fight charge on that night as we launch our five weeks of men's groups. And guys, guys are a little more notorious for this for waiting last minute to, to do this. And this is the launch for us to get into our small groups. And so uh, we're gonna do that just for five weeks. So if you're not already in a group, uh, we've got a good number of guys in the groups, but we want to get all the men in these groups just for five weeks, okay, for five weeks. If that would help you, your marriage, your family, your life, I think it's worth it. Amen. I said I think it's worth it. Yeah. And ladies, give your guys a dirty look if he's not signed up yet, okay, all right? And uh, you can go online to sign up. You can go to the hub. Uh, the small groups hub out there to sign up, or you can just show up on Sunday night and get signed up for that. But we want all the men to, to do that, come and be a part of that. We're going to have an it'll be a blast, and also it's going to be a good thing for for all of us. Amen. Amen. All right, well, we're going to dive into the Word tonight, and our series is believe, believe and we want to find out a little more what we believe, why do we believe it, and learn how to articulate what we believe. We don't want to be people that say we're believers, but we really don't know what all that's about. Uh, we need to also be able to in a, uh, uh, rational way, reasonable way, be able to share our faith with others, pass our faith along, even defend the faith and not just have to be defensive. Well, I don't know. The Bible says it and that's it. And if you don't believe it, you're going to hell, but I'm not, you know, and, and if you have those kind of things, that's, that's just really not productive ever, ever. And so, um, it is possible for us to serve the Lord, our God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. And, um, you know, it's amazing how the Word of God just works together and uh, fortifies our beliefs. And so we're continuing on that. We've been doing that all year so far. And tonight we're going to move on. We're going to talk about Jesus as the master teacher, the master teacher. And the, you're just going to fall more in love with Jesus tonight uh, as a result of this. Uh, let's look real quick in Matthew chapter 7. Verse 28 and 29. And so it was, and we're going to end with this same passage. I mean, we're not ending now, but we'll come back to this. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings or teachings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And note that, that he finished teaching and they were astonished. That word actually means that they were overwhelmed. It's this sudden sense of just being astounded. It also carries the idea of just like you're so stunned that you're just like standing outside of yourself. They were just astonished, amazed at what he had taught. Now, here's the reality. Some of the same things had been taught to them by the scribes and by the Pharisees. But the difference was how Jesus delivered uh, what he did. And Jesus truly is the master teacher. We believe, I believe that he's the greatest teacher that's ever walked the planet. I also believe that his teachings are the greatest teachings that have ever been spoken. And uh, we want to look at kind of an overview of all of that tonight. It's not just what he taught, and certainly it is what he taught, but it is also how he taught it. How he taught. And to me, that's a huge thing because being a a teacher of the teachings of Jesus, I really want to pay attention to not just what he taught, but how he taught. And there's much that we can follow as far as how he taught um, how he did that. And then not only what he taught and how he taught, but then the lasting impact of that. How many of you, your life has been changed because of the teachings of Jesus. Yes. Okay. And we're going to look at that a little more thorough here tonight. And, and, uh, kind of, that's what we do, uh, all the time here. Um, one of the books I was reading for, for school, um, and they did kind of an international study, And looking at the impact of, uh, don't let this word throw you, Pentecostalism uh, throughout the world. And by that, they mean that people that believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit and that their lives would be empowered. That's the main thing. That your life would be empowered by the Holy Spirit. That they are, and these these are written by some guys that are denominational guys that have no real interest in uh, a spirit-filled life and yet they found that the the new face globally across the country that are involved in their communities in all different places making things happen and changing lives were people that that claim to have a spirit filled spirit empowered life and what they also noted and this was interesting to me in the, in the study they said that there are communities and we're talking about in South Africa and And throughout Africa and South America and just all over the place, these different areas where they've gone back in five-year increments to see what is going on. And they found that there were people that had not yet fully uh, decided to follow Jesus as far as Lord and Savior, but they were following his teachings. And their life had changed, their family had changed Their community had changed. Their economy had changed. Now let me explain that. I don't think you should just follow Jesus' teachings uh, and and not follow him. Okay? In essence, to follow him is to follow his teachings. But here's the point that I want to make. I hope I haven't lost you on this. The point is this. His teachings work. His teachings will change your life. And so they noted that there were... Areas and 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 communities where people were uh, men and this and guys, this is one of the reasons we're having a men's uh, event too, because the better the man, the better anything else. Now, that's not to take away from women, but men, we have to step into our place. But they found that men in these in some of these communities, and this is uh, way less civilized, but it will work in any civilization. They said they were so involved in leaving work and then spending all their money gambling, drinking, fighting, and so forth. That Then when they came home, their money had been diverted. They're angry. They're guilty. They abuse their wife. They're, they're uh, absent from their children or abusive to their children. And, you know, watch everything collapse with that. But then when these men, some of these men started to follow the teachings of Jesus... Uh, guess what is now, if you're going to follow those teachings as a brand of thought, well, then you're not going to be fighting the drunkenness, the gambling, the abuse, the hatred, all, all of those things kind of go away, and everything automatically elevates within that culture. And so even the economy, because the money is not diverted to wrong things, is diverted to what it's supposed to be, and it entirely changes families And and families are happier and children are healthier and economies even rise in such a setting. Thus is the power of the teachings of Jesus. But I don't want us to leave them as just this brand of thought. I don't want it to just be this creed of good ideas. Uh, To follow Jesus is to follow his teachings. To follow his teachings is to have Jesus as your teacher. To have him as Lord and Savior of your life. Are you following me with that? So he is the greatest teacher on this planet. His teachings are the greatest. And we should live by them. Amen? Amen. Now, let's, we're going to kind of go over a lot of things here tonight. In John chapter 7, verse 16, let's, let's find out a couple of things. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine, what's another word for doctrine? Teaching. Teaching. My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. Who would that be? The Father. Okay? And then we also see here in John 12... I do not speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to... What? Eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. So Jesus said that his truths, his doctrine, his teaching come from the Father. And repeatedly he said, I'm not doing my own thing here. I didn't come to do my own will. I didn't come to say my own stuff. He said, I only... I only say what I hear my father saying. I only do what I see my father doing. And so it's important for us to know he's the teacher conveying that. And we're going to look at something powerful at the end of tonight that will tie into that. In John chapter 3, there was a guy named Nicodemus. You remember Nicodemus? And he was a Pharisee. And uh, he came to Jesus by night. He's also known as Nick at night. But... um, back to our program. Uh, He came to Jesus by night. He's a Pharisee. And he said this, we know, we know that you are a teacher that has come from God. Who's we? The other Pharisees. We know that you are a teacher that has come from God. So it's important that we know Jesus is not just a man born and just did whatever. His teaching himself, he proceeded from the Father. There's another time in in John chapter 7, we'll get to the verse in a moment, but Jesus is teaching in the temple and he's teaching these things and people started to, to debate among themselves, could he really be the Messiah? Because it, doesn't the Messiah have to come from the lineage of David? And they didn't know all of that about him. And um, he just laid out these incredible teachings. The, the temple guards go back to the chief priests and the and the Pharisees, and they said, why didn't, you, why didn't you capture him? Why didn't you bring him in? And here's what they said in John chapter 7. The officers answered, this is the reason why they didn't bring him in. No man ever spoke like this man. No man ever spoke like this man. You know, so powerful his teaching that they couldn't even, they couldn't even fulfill their plan against him. Because it's so powerful. No man ever spoke like this man. Jesus used perhaps every opportunity to teach. He sermons just about any place that he was. He taught in temples and synagogues. He taught in a boat. He said stuff walking on the water. Uh, he said things reclining and dining. He said things all over the place, around campfires on mountains. All kinds of places that Jesus used every opportunity that what he said counted and he taught. Conversations, even conflicts where he would be talking to people friendly to him. People that were not friendly to him would lob in sayings, accusations, questions. And he would use that as opportunity to teach. Uh, Parables. He told stories that are just incredible. Probably about... Uh, better than half of what he taught, he put into story form. Um, he taught through questions, questions people would ask him, questions he would ask. He would sometimes answer a question with a question. Uh, his actions taught, object lessons, consider the lilies of the field, consider the birds of the air. Uh, think about this. Here's a blind man. Let me, let me show you something about the glory of God here Uh, you know, everywhere that he went, virtually everything he did, he was on a divine mission and he was teaching. He was first of all, a student and all of us are students. You're here tonight. Honestly, you're a follower of Jesus, but we are, what is a follower of Jesus? What is a disciple? What really is a disciple? It is a disciplined learner. We are disciples. We're followers. We are disciplined learners not haphazard, grab a verse here or there. Uh, disciplined learners. Those are the ones he delights in. Those are the ones that, that we want to be, a disciplined learner. He was first of all a student. Even, even though he was, and remember a few weeks we talked about he was fully God and he was fully what? Man. He's fully man. And when he came, that's hypostatic union. then when he came, he, he limited some of his divine abilities. Remember we talked about the fastest sprinter in the world, but now he's in a three-legged race. So for the, for the uh, duration of the race, he's tied to someone that's going to limit his speed. He still possesses all of that speed, though. But for his earthly ministry, he limited himself, though. That's called kenosis. And so he limited himself in that way. So here is he comes, uh, born of a woman, okay? And now he's growing up. He is a student. How many of you know that he did know God and he did know these things, but he still was a student. And look at this in Luke chapter 2. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple. Remember, they'd come to Jerusalem and then they, they left, mom and dad left, and they go, where's Jesus? You know, they, they'd left him behind. They found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. Jesus is awesome. And then look in verse 52. And Jesus increased. Notice that. He increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He was a student. He also knew his subject well. Uh, he integrated uh, the Old Testament in virtually everything that he taught. Because that was the only basis that, that his hearers had at that point. Even a lot of his religious enemies, that was what they stood on. And he integrated that. He fully knew scripture. He fulfilled scripture, as a matter of fact. He loved people, and he loved his students. His methods were irresistible. Parables. I love his parables. I've done a lot of study on his parables and the stories that he would tell. In the parables, there would be something for everybody. You know, he would, uh, have you ever had somebody tell a joke or or explain something about how they do work and you're just lost? You're like, you know, you have no idea idea what they're talking about. Jesus was able to say things that that everybody got something out of. You know, there were times where he would tell a parable about, you know, a sower goes out and sows seed. And then he would talk about the different soil conditions and the different harvest and a number of aspects of that. And everybody got something out of that. And he would say this usually around those kind of things. If you have ears to hear, let him hear. And so if you, whatever you can hear, whatever you are sensitive to, you're going to get out of that. So some people just learned, okay, uh, when I sow seed, I'm going to make sure I don't sow it on stony ground. That's all they got. You know, but Jesus explained it later to his disciples and, and he talked about, okay, this, the this sower, he goes uh, forth to sow the word and the, word, uh, excuse, the seed is the word of God. And so he would explain these things. But everybody would get something out of his stories. It's just incredible how he would do that. He also had authority. And his authority was noticeable. It wasn't just something that he said, hey, I've got this. He, it was noticeable. Like we looked at the first verses tonight, people were just astonished. And also his teaching was accompanied by power. Uh, several times in the Gospels it said that Jesus went around teaching, preaching, and healing. And we always find in close proximity to his teaching and the inbreaking of the kingdom that we'll talk about in a moment here. That there would be miracles, there would be signs, there would be healings. And that certainly, uh, I'd heard this said years ago that healing is the dinner bell of the gospel. And so the attention that that, that, that drew, you know, to his teaching and then I think this is something that, that we all should, should strive for as well, too. John 1.14 says that uh, uh, he was full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. And so wherever you see Jesus, whenever you hear him talking, he's full of grace and he's full of truth. He taught many, many things. And I'm just going to summarize a few of them tonight. But how many of you know that not everything Jesus said got written down? Okay? And not everything he did got written down. Here's a phenomenal verse, the last verse of the book of John, in John 21, verse 25. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, and this would include also taught, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. Isn't that powerful? I mean, he did so much, he said so much that if all, of, he was in constant motion, constantly making things happen during that three and a half year uh, window that he was ministering that if all those things were written down, it would be uncontainable. Here's a number of things that he taught about. And the, one of the major things is this, the kingdom of God. Everybody say the kingdom of God. And, uh, how many kingdoms are there? Well, actually, there's two kingdoms. Okay, there's the kingdom of darkness too, Okay. And you've got the kingdom of light, and there's all those comparisons. Now, there's the kingdoms of men, and they're so temporary, okay? Um, There's kingdoms in the business world. They're temporary. Today, Apple, how many of you have any Apple products? Okay, today, Apple lost over $26 billion. Their stock fell like a rock today. And it has to do with the cloud and a number of other things. Yep, people are lining up because they got a new product coming out. It's so fickle. To let you in on how much money that is, has anybody got twenty six billion on them so I could just show y'all? No. Uh, Marriott, have y'all heard of Marriott? Their entire worldwide operation is only worth twenty two billion. And Apple dropped twenty six billion today. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. Well, there's something about his name. Now, I'm not saying apple's going away. They'll probably make their way back. But that's the fickleness of our world. You know, and somebody can be riding high and have high approval ratings and then drop to nothing. And nations change and all of that. But the kingdom of God, say it again, the kingdom of God. Jesus taught us much about the kingdom of God. And even at the end of his earthly ministry, Post-resurrection, in Acts chapter 1, you're going to find Jesus spending uh, almost six weeks, almost six weeks, 40 days, with his followers, teaching them concerning the kingdom of God. What I believe he did, the whole time he was here, he was talking about the kingdom of God. But now, these are the people that are going to lead, and he was making sure that they understood. Because how many of you know that even right up to the resurrection, I mean, even after the resurrection, his close followers were, were missing it. They were not understanding some things that were going on. So he taught them concerning what? The, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in-breaking, okay? Listen to me. It's in-breaking. It's still breaking in. And it's countercultural. It will be entirely different in so many ways. In the kingdom of God... Let me put it this way. In the kingdom of the world or or darkness, uh, to get, what do you do? You take. In the kingdom of God, to receive you what? You give. And we forgive. We let things go. We walk in love. We try to help people. We humble ourselves. I mean, it's entirely different than... It's, it's countercultural. It is not a visible institution. The kingdom of God is an invisible kingdom, and Jesus said that it arrived when He arrived. He said this in uh, Luke chapter eleven. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, it's a measure of God's power. How I many of you know that God's got a lot of power? Amen. He He created everything that we see is the work of His hands our salvation came by the strength of his arm he can cast out demons with a flick of the finger okay and so he said if i cast out demons with the finger of god surely the kingdom of god has come upon you and prior to this he'd already cast out he'd already cast out demons and so what he's saying is the kingdom arrived with his coming But please know this, and this will be another subject for another time. The fullness of the kingdom will not be seen until his his return. Okay? So the kingdom is here. Everybody say the kingdom is here. And where is the kingdom? It's in you. The kingdom of God is wherever. His rule of reign is wherever people submit themselves to him. And that's why he has to be your king. And what comes with the kingdom of God? What does Romans tell us? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Anybody want any of that? I'm going to show you again in a few moments how that kind of comes into your life. How many of you could use... Okay, righteousness there there has to do with being right with God. How many of you know that's a good place to be? Uh, Righteousness, peace. How many of you could use a little more? I'm looking at some of y'all. Okay. And joy. In the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom. And the kingdom is where? It's in you. The kingdom is wherever people submit to his rule. What is his rule? It's his teaching. It's his kingdom. It's his lordship. But the fullness of the kingdom, and this, this is complicated. I don't know of anybody that really fully can articulate this or fully understands this. The fullness of his kingdom will not yet arrive until his second coming. Let me give you some reference for that. Matthew 13, Mark 13, Luke 21. Okay, you can read, read in there. Okay, hang with me just for a moment, okay? And I'm, I'm circling myself with a big question mark here. The kingdom of God has not fully arrived. It will fully arrive. Perhaps, question mark, perhaps, the inbreaking of the kingdom, and we're not in heaven yet, kingdom of God then is called the kingdom of heaven how many of you know it would be perfect there yes. no more sorrow no more sickness no more tears no more death we're not there yet even the way in revelation it says there'll be no more the same well prior to that there will be and so the fullness of the kingdom is not it's not yet here so perhaps perhaps that's why seemingly we don't have every prayer answered and not everybody is healed and are are you following and not everything goes your way all the time okay so well what do we do then okay pray trust god believe his promises count on him and let his kingdom be big in you okay and uh i don't throw that out to confuse you tonight that's one of the hard spots for all of us to try to understand, but I'm telling you what, his His kingdom come. And it's a good thing to say to the Lord every day, just as it's in the, the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life, just as it is in heaven. Amen. So he taught us about the kingdom of God. He taught about eternal life. Uh, one point. He had some hard sayings, and you need to know that he had some hard sayings. And some of the people started to turn to leave, and, and Jesus asked Peter, he said, you going to go with him? And Peter said, where would we go? Where would we go? He says, you have the words of eternal life. It's like, well, this, this is a little bit hard. I don't understand completely what you said, but where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? There's nowhere else to go because you have the words of eternal life. So he taught us about eternal life. Uh, He taught us about the father and in Luke chapter 12, let's look there Luke chapter 12, for all these things, the nations of the world seek after and help me, your father knows that you need these things. Say my father father knows knows what what I need. Okay. But seek the kingdom of God. There it is again. And all these things shall be added to you. See, by seeking the kingdom of God, you're in relationship with that eternal life. Uh, As you do that, you can be assured of a heavenly father that will take care of you. And he talked to us about the father and he modeled the father. He he said, if you've seen me, you've, you've seen the father. So we know what the father's like by watching the earthly ministry of Jesus. He also taught us how to love and how to treat one another. I want to encourage you to read uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. We're going to read just a portion of it right now from, from Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 48. He said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Okay? Now, this countercultural. But I say to you, okay, so this is his teaching. I say to you what? Love your say that again. I want to make sure you get that. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be the sons of your father in heaven for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust for if you love those who love you what reward have you do not even the tax collectors do the same and if you greet your brethren only what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors, and they were, they were not popular, uh, do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, don't let the word perfect throw you. It's not perfect that like we think about. It's talking about a completeness. A completeness. We're wanting to model what the Father modeled. And Jesus went on and on with his countercultural teaching and this should be a mark and a characteristic. Y'all with me tonight? It should be a mark and characteristic of you that instead of always wanting to make your point, you actually make a difference by loving people. The characteristic mark of his followers is that you love people. And not just the people that believe just like you believe, look like, just like you, you look, but even your enemies, that you're to love them. I can't do that. Well, guess what? He will give you the love to do it. And if you follow his, you follow him, he will help you uh, to do that. So he taught us how to love and, and to treat one another. He told us about the Holy Spirit. He introduced the Holy Spirit basically and explained him and said the Holy Spirit will be doing in your life the same thing that I'm doing in your life and even in greater measure because I'm going away. And I explained this a few weeks ago. When Jesus was here, earthly ministry, in a body, he was not omnipresent. He was in one place at one time. And remember, they were pulling on him. You've got to stay here. He said, I can't stay here. I've got to go over there else as well. And so he could only be in one place at one time at that point because he had limited himself, okay, from his divine abilities. But he said when the Holy Spirit comes, that's going to be full-blown supernatural that he is omnipresent. He is everywhere present at once. And he told us about the Holy Spirit uh, in our life. A lot of uh, the book of John, 14, 15, 16, he talks a lot about the Holy Spirit there. And then also he talked about the future and eschatology. He talked about what's going to kind of be going down uh, at the end. And it is a mystery. Everybody say mystery. And I've heard some very scholarly people talk and and virtually I hear no two say the same thing. There's a lot of mystery about what will be unfolding. And you know what? That's okay. Don't let that that worry you. Here's what you do. You just stay close to him. You just stay close to him. And don't get so stuck on, you know, everybody just, you know, watching. Is this a sign of the time? You know, there's a lot of signs, okay? And right now there's a whole lot of signs. But what do we do? Just stay close to him and just keep doing what he said to do. Don't move to the mountains and grow your own beans and make your own Play-Doh and crayons and live with four other families. Don't be doing that junk, all right? Y'all hearing me? Salt and light. We're salt and light. We're not holy hillbillies. Uh, From one of my uh, research references... Here's a couple of other things that show him as the master teacher. And then I want to show you something that I think is just phenomenal about his teachings. Uh, this is a book called Jesus, Master Teacher by Dr. H.H. H. Horn. He says, his followers today outnumber those of any other teacher. The nations that profess his name lead the world's civilization. He lived and taught the solution of man's greatest problems. He taught the highest moral and spiritual truths. He taught these truths simply so that the common people heard him gladly. And he taught from the highest motives, love, sympathy, compassion, and he had a sense of divine mission. He had five essential qualifications that make him this world-class teacher. He had a worldview, knowledge of his subject matter, knowledge of his pupils, an incredible ability to teach, and a character worthy worth worthy of imitation, character worthy of imitation. Now I want to say this again. I said it earlier to follow Jesus is to follow his teachings, to follow Jesus is to follow his teachings. You can't say, well, I'm following Jesus. And then you do your own thing. And here's the wonderful thing. He lived what he taught and we're to do the same. Paul said this in first Corinthians 11, he said, imitate me. Or follow me just as I also imitate or follow Christ. And so we are to, this is what is to happen. And as we help to disciple other people, follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. And you know what? You can tell people that follow Jesus. I mean, those that truly follow him, you can, you can, you can spot them. You can find them out. And a lot of times, and y'all get, I'll forewarn you on this, smile. Go ahead and smile. A lot of times there's just this peace that is on them you know, and it comes from something I'm going to call, I'm going to show you here in just a second here. John chapter 15. Let's look in verse seven. First of all, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my, my what? My words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, how many of you would like to get more answered prayer? If you abide in him and his words abide in you, your life is going to be so aligned that you can ask what you desire because what? Your desires are going to be so aligned with his will. You ask what you desire and it will be what? It will be done for you. God will grant that. Isn't that beautiful? Now, look at this. And I'm going to try my best. I I wish I'd also got my little chart out here to draw here tonight. Let's go down to verse, uh, next verse here, verse 10. I'm going to read this kind of slow, and then I want to show you a cascading effect here. Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, would that include his teachings? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. My commandments, my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, keep that verse there just for a moment. No, keep that verse there. Go back, go back. Okay. If you keep my commandments, whose commandments? Jesus." Jesus, we read this earlier. He's, where did he get his doctrine, his teaching? From the Father. Okay. So he said, if you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Keep that verse there. Don't change it yet. So we've got the Father's commandments. Let's go Father, Jesus, you. Okay. Father, Jesus, you. Jesus obeyed the Father's commandments. And what came down on him as well? Love. Love. And then when we will keep Jesus' commandments that ultimately came from the Father, what's going to come down on us? His love. Where did that come from ultimately? The Father's like cascading down. Let's go ahead to verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my, his what? His His joy may remain in you and that your joy may be what full. Now let me ask: you, Does anybody need a little more joy in your life? Okay, I'm going to give you one more chance. Anybody need any more joy in your life? And the joy of the Lord is our what? Is our strength. And joy is not something I'm going. To, okay, I'm going to work up. I'm I'm perk up. Okay, I'm just going to be happy. Ultimately, your joy is the joy of the Lord. It comes from the Father God. Now go back to that last verse, Terry, if you would. These things I have spoken to you. What is that? It's his teachings as well. That my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. And I think there's a cascading effect here. Everything flows down from the Father. And then Jesus. And then to us. And who's with us and in us? The Holy Spirit. Spirit. And so I think it cascades down from the Father. And Jesus said in particular here in John 15. He said i'm keeping my father's commandments and i'm abiding in his love so i think this the commandments come down jesus kept he did everything his father asked him to do and he had love and fullness in his life and then if we will do what jesus said to do that love cascades down onto our life and he says i have joy where did he get joy his joy came also from the father in the same context as keeping his commandments the joy came down and he says and in the same context, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. And I think it's true also for peace. I think it's true for soundness of mind. I think it's true of stability. And so listen to me. Here's what we do. And it's not about works. It's about alignment. That if I follow Jesus, I can't follow Jesus if I don't... if If I don't do what he says to do, because I'm, I'm just following him. So I'm going to do what he does. He lived out his teaching. He made his teaching clear. And if I'll follow and do what he has said to do, follow his teaching, obey his teaching, his commandments. In the same way, I think there's a cascade that just comes down and it's not works. It's just following him. And as it comes down, I'm telling you, I think your love will be increased the love you feel from God, and that's the love you're going to use to love others around you. Joy in your life, and the joy of the Lord truly is our strength. How many of you know that when you're, when you're low on joy, you're irritable? <laughs> and you're weak. But that joy of the Lord, joy unspeakable and full of glory, it comes from, from God. I think peace flows down, just cascades down into our life if we'll follow Jesus and follow his teaching. Jesus is the master teacher and his teachings work and life is better if you live his teaching and nobody is taught like Jesus, nobody and I think all of us, we bear responsibility too to share his teachings with other people and let's make sure that we do it his style you know I've seen people before, I remember I was out of state, I was at some meetings and I drove past a Christian college and there's this guy out at the edge of campus with a bullhorn yelling at people in the name of Jesus and berating them. Uh, years and years ago, last century, I was at Florida State for a couple of semesters. And I remember going through uh, this student union kind of square and they had a place where free speech, you know, and there were people talking about Ronald Reagan and, you know, there were just all the political stuff. And there was always this guy and he had like two friends and I think it's the only two friends he had. That would just talk about you, how immodest they were or they were smoking or whatever. And it was just hate and hate and hate and hate under the guise of the teachings of Jesus. And I think the characteristic mark of the teachings of Jesus in our life is love. We love. And he came full of grace and he came full of truth. So learn to share things the way Jesus did you say, well, sometimes you call people bro to vipers. You don't carry the authority and don't get, in that, don't get in that spot, okay? But I think for the most part, what we've got to busy ourselves about is sharing his love, his truth, his teaching. And share it full of grace, full of, full of truth. Your, your love, your joy, your peace is going to be more full. Amen? Amen? And as you follow him, you follow him. Follow his teachings, the greatest teacher on this planet. Amen? Amen so much more to say about this that's the difficulty of it but did you get anything at all out of this tonight all right